Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for retro shows only. Oh no flipping crap, lady! Does it sound like I'm talking about pizzas? I'm trying to tell you about this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for, die hard, 1988. Prepare to rewind in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, Rewinders, and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Welcome to our party, pals. Also for this discussion for the of the film Die Hard, we welcome back aboard creator of Breakroom Studios and voice actor, chief entertainer Chris Cowan. Hey. Hey, Chris. And also cohort of Breakroom Studios and also voice actor, chief entertainer, Nate Henderson. Howdy. Howdy, Nate. Now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs of Die Hard? Sure, why not? Die Hard was released in 1988. I don't know what month, I don't know what day, but sometime in the year 1988. It's rated R, runs two hours and 12 minutes, and it was directed by John McTurnan. Tiernan, Tiernan. Yeah, we'll go with that. With the lead stars being Bruce Willis, Rick Allen, Alan Rickman, sorry. Rick Allenman and Bonnie Bedelia. Uh, The music was composed by Michael Kamen, or Kamen. Uh, anyway, I think it's coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. Die Hard was made for about twenty-eight million dollars and earned over a hundred and forty million dollars at the box office. Ooh, nice job, so Die Hard. Job. Yeah, and not bald Bruce. Anyway, given this and the fact that it is in the hostage genre, how high do you think it ranks among the forty-nine movies made since nineteen eighty in the hostage genre? So I'm gonna do a little point of order. According to IMDb, there is no hostage genre. So where are you getting the hostage genre from? I get uh, the, all the genres and the box office ratings from boxofficemojo.com. Uh, okay. Well, that, that's good to know. Um, I let's... didn't know IMDb was the arbiter of <laughs> all possible genres. No. I got this from mygenre.com. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with Chris. What would you guess? Uh, how How... High up or low down, do you think Die Hard rates in among those forty nine movies uh, in the hostage genre? See, I would, I, I tend to rank it more in the uh, Christmas movies with multiple f bombs <laughs> genre. Uh, personally, we um, don't have which, those rankings though. So, uh, how high? I, I don't know. There's a lot of between nineteen eighty eight and now. There've been a lot of stinking hostage <laughs> movies. Um, I don't know. 10. I'm going to say 10. Number 10. Nate, how about yeah. you? Uh, I'm going to say number two. Just two? above just above Air Force One and just below Schindler's List. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be considered a hostage? No? I don't... I mean, Now we're including like not prison the... film, prisons <laughs> then, if we're including oh, well, that's Holocaust. True. Oh. Yeah. Okay, okay, guys. Um, what is it? It's the definition of a hostage situation. This, this and where, is where does movie? it rank on movies where Let's Bruce Willis still had hair? Not derail. <laughs> Let's. I'm going to guess number uh, six. I don't know why, but six. 
Okay. So who wins, Paul? To answer your question, there's multiple here. Uh, the hostage genre definition are movies about the interaction between a hostage and its captor. Oh, so, so that would be any of those that we are talking about. Uh, and Nate was correct. Air Force One is number one. Oh, really? But oh, wow. Die Hard is number eight. Oh, okay. Wait, so do I win? Because I, I was think the you win. Yeah, I think so, Chris. Yeah, good know. job, yes, Chris. Good you job. Win. Or Francisco, we were both uh, the same. No, I said oh, oh six, um, ten. No, I th- so here's a yeah, fun. Fact. Oh yeah, huh? Eight is directly in the middle between six and ten. It's <laughs> only really advanced mathematicians are. But aware. you're the guest hmm. host, so it goes to you. Because like we're like mutinying over the captain. Thanks a lot, Paul. <laughs> Number and, eight. Those better be some darn good movies ahead of this one. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see Air it. Force One's. I, I'd say that's a pretty good one. Um, Argo is number two, by the way. I've never and seen a lot Argo. of these movies were made later. Oh, okay. so inflation allows them to have higher yeah, box office. Oh, okay. Exactly. Well, thank you for those factoids, Paul. You're welcome. Let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld uh, or okay. our subsequent I have a question, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Chris. <laughs> does it Screed. does it count as a hostage movie if I feel like a hostage when I'm watching it? Because in that case, there's a lot more in the genre. I don't just, believe. Obviously, so, the no. answer is no. <laughs> okay, all right. Carry on. Thanks. So let's see if Alice can find our target film. Alice? Alert, alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. This summer, take the ride of your life. Dodge bullets, leap from skyscrapers, and survive 127 blazing minutes of non-stop excitement. Welcome to the party! All in 70mm six-track Dolby stereo that will blow you through the back wall of the theater. Rated R. Exclusive engagement begins Friday, July 15th in selected cities. That sounds amazing. Because <laughs> it's Dolby, six, Dolby 6.1 surround sound. Nice. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that commercial definitely brings back some memories about Die Hard. But to give you some context for the things we collectively remembered most before our rewatch, here's our memory mind meld synopsis. The coolest cop in the world, a young NYPD officer named John McClane, flies to Los Angeles to attend his poofy permalicious ex-wife's company Christmas party for some reason. Sheriff of Nineham and his not-so-merry European men <laughs> crash McClane's wife's Christmas party and holds everyone hostage. Wannabe Roy Rogers crashes terrorist hijacking party by using sarcasm, climbing across broken glass, making friends with Carl Winslow and yells yippee as he kicks Professor Snape off Nagasaki Tower. Um, yeah, some of that was definitely on point. However, some of it was incepted. Yeah, they weren't terrorists. They're just high-class thieves. That's true. Good point. Good point. Who said we were terrorists? Uh, But based on those memories, uh, even though they weren't terribly flawed, what rating did they lead you to predict for this movie before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, Uh, or tragic? Classic, 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 go. Sorry. Everyone calls this a classic, right? Well, I don't know. Well, we'll find out. Yes. Uh, Nate, what did you predict? Uh, yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul's got it right. Uh, <laughs> classic. I mean, come on. Classic. Chris, classic for you as well. 
Uh, there weren't any disobedient children in this one, so <laughs> definitely a classic. Uh, Paul? Classic. Classic. I predicted classic as well. There we go. Uh, okay, right. fine, go. fine, right. fine, Paul, foreteller of all. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, though, if these predictions come true, because, you know, maybe, maybe after watching it, we felt differently. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Die Hard. Let's spin up our... Best three. Uh, let's start with Chris. What is one thing you liked about Die Hard? All right. One thing I liked about Die Hard, um, it had some really great lines in it um, that was particularly when uh, Bruce Willis is taunting Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah. Uh, just like some of the lines like the, uh, you know, uh, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. And yeah. You know, yippee ki yay, mother father. And, uh, <laughs> it's mother trucker, yeah. mother trucker. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I um, heard that wrong. Then. <laughs> not not all the lines were good, but uh, the ones where he's taunting Professor Snape uh, are really good. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the the lines as well. They didn't really make my classmakers per se, but um, in in sort of in terms of the dialogue and the characterizations. I thought that John uh, McLean and Holly McLean or Holly, uh, Jer, what was her maiden name? Gerano, Genero, Gennaro, Gennaro. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I thought they did such a great job, especially in those opening scenes of playing both like in love, but still like really fresh, get getting easily frustrated with each other. They felt like a, they really felt like a married couple. I, I really, bought into yeah. their relationship. She probably spent some time with Bruce Willis beforehand. <laughs> what does that mean, Paul? Well, he doesn't have the greatest reputation, that's all. Well, maybe back then. Maybe he is easier to get along with back then. Maybe this is where it started. I don't know. <laughs> he won't return my phone call, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, Nate, what is one thing you liked? Uh, one thing I liked about the movie a lot that I, I really noticed this time around was there isn't a wasted minute in mm. my there's no yeah. there's no fluff there's no it, like seriously every second of the movie is spent looking at something in movement or action or or even the dialogue is just boom and straight to the point and it's like the most lean I, I, just, I just think they didn't they didn't waste a single minute of it like you can mm-hmm. just you can just watch it without getting bored I think in, in a single part and I think that uh I think that's very rare for yeah. even even action movies because even action movies will sometimes, you know, they'll they'll kind of veer off for ten minutes or so. Oh, totally, and, yeah. And, and have kind of like a slow lull or something. Right. Um, and, we have to establish the setting and build the characters <laughs> before exactly. we can get into the. No, but that's one thing I totally appreciate about this, though, is that there's there's not I think a waste minute in the whole movie. But yeah, what but, about that? The, oh, go ahead, did, Chris. Well, they did that. They did a great job of that while also keeping good pacing and keeping some of those, okay, here's a moment of calm yes. and, you know, slight reflection oh, and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's taking a breather here. Yeah, but even the but breathers was, are yeah. interesting. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the pacing is really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Was was that another thing you really like, Chris, the pacing? Yeah. yeah awesome, sure. awesome. Um, Paul, was the pacing something you enjoyed about the movie? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty good, but... uh one of the things that I really enjoyed were the side characters. Um, now, some some people may find these characters annoying, but I... Johnson and Johnson? 
I particularly liked uh, the limo driver. He was yes. uh, <laughs> Argyle. Yes, he's a, a fun. What do you call uh, uh, sidekick? I was gonna say the the laughs guy. Who's the the comic relief? Oh I yeah, should yeah. Say sometimes yeah. between um, mm. intense scenes, you cut to him for like yeah. oh a quick laugh. <laughs> yes. And yeah. then there's uh, of course the. the <laughs> I'm trying to figure out his name. The reporter. No, <laughs> no, no, not the guy from uh, Ghostbusters. From Ghostbusters, there, but the yeah, guy the, family matters. The, no, the the salesman who's like Hans. Bubby, I'm your white Ellis, knight here. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. what? You liked him? Harry Hel- Ellis, or the, the character's name there. I thought ah. he did a great job because as a, I, I used to be a salesman and part of one of my many jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's so great to try to see this arrogant, cocky guy. I don't want to say like get, get caught it's, on the wrong end, it's, but it's, it's a fun dynamic there, yeah. you know? So I thought uh, that was a really good, especially well, in the '80s. That kind of overdramatic salesman, like, yeah, I'm okay. all about the big fluff and making deals happen, babe. Come on now. <laughs> what's What's funny about that scene is you know when people were watching that in the theater, the acting was so kind of over the top, right, smiley, mm-hmm. that you know half the people wanted him to get blown yeah. away. Oh, totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Half were like rooting for Hans yeah. at that point to pull the trigger, <laughs> yeah. and the other the half were like, "Oh no, this guy's gonna get shot." Yeah, but we've all. I think we've all like met a salesman like that. <laughs> yeah, and wanted to blow his head off. Totally. So yeah. there's definitely a vicarious uh, <laughs> living vicariously through Hans there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you now? I'm curious about that scene. This is a bit of an aside, but did you feel like it was at all redeeming of Ellis that he didn't sell out? Uh, um, geez, what's her name? I can't think of her the name. The wife? Yeah, Holly. Holly as... Um, he didn't have a chance. He was I trying know, to I sell think, out. I think he would. I think he would have eventually. Eventually, yeah, totally. I think he would have But too. he didn't he at the start. He could have I mean, said, I can get you him Look, by just telling you who his wife is, and it could have been over. <laughs> Look, no, by he, that point... He was coked out of his mind. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. No, there was that's no true. rationality. He just—he honestly thought he was Superman because he was so coked out of his head. He's like, I'm going to uh, save the day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm just making some phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so okay. the other side character I really enjoyed was Carl Winslow and the uh, relationship he had with Bruce. His there. name wasn't, wasn't his name Al? Yeah. yeah okay. Al Powell? At least according to the subtitles that I watch, which doesn't make sense because when he says, welcome to the party, pal, is he saying pal or Powell? I thought because, it was pal. I yeah, think the line is pal. Anyway. No, 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 no. Because he doesn't know his name at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah. So it must be pal. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was too close to Powell and pal mm. and Al. Like they could have separated All that. Right. I well, mean, you should definitely write someone a letter about that. Yeah, <laughs> strongly worded. Steve Urkel get on that. Okay. <laughs> Nate, what's something you liked about this film? Uh, let's see. The next one I had was um, I. Uh, Chris was mentioning uh, just kind of when there are slower moments, they, there's some great dialogue in there, and I really liked the um, the over the over the dispatch uh, dialogue that John and Al have together. I thought yeah. that was really. I thought that was some good writing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it got it got a little cliched. I think at at the point where Al talks about you know his his mishap and all that other stuff. But um, 
all well, in all, I think they I think they formed a really good bond by not even acting in the same room. I thought that the who mm. whoever cut that together oh, yeah. and, and everything and talked together, it almost makes me wonder if like they were on the set just able to talk to each other, but oh yeah, yeah, face to face, like they do sometimes with actors. But yeah. um, I just think whoever did the editing for those scenes was uh, it was it was cut well. Absolutely, yeah, I, it was I, really good chemistry. Oh, totally. Something else I liked about this film was, and I don't think we've really talked too too much. You for some okay, Paul's really hung up on these on these side characters, but I really enjoyed the main characters. Apparently, John and Holly, I said before, and also Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber. I just he was just so calculated and in his own way funny and just so clever and. I, I just and at the same time very cold and very just like no we're just gonna kill you and whatever <laughs> and especially his reaction to Ellis like oh you you really figured this out that's amazing I, you could totally tell he's not yeah he he's just feeding him the lines he wants to hear it's just yeah oh my gosh so so great or the um, part where he's he's like. They're like uh, the Asian Dawn. What's that? And it's like, <laughs> I read in Time Magazine. About it in Time Magazine. <laughs> so good. So yeah, good. I uh, agree. Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber is my number two. Oh, you're number yeah. two also. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is a very smart and but likable villain. He's definitely a villain, like you said. Yes. Uh, but it is enjoyable to watch him like do the American accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also very smart. As you're watching the movie play out, you at some point realize he's like 10 steps ahead of everybody, even the audience watching. Oh, totally. So, and yeah, just that he knows that the FBI is going to have this plan. Yes, right, absolutely. Right. He's way on another level. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Chris, let's t- get one more like from you, then we'll move into our classic makers. Um, okay. I-, I really liked the... Uh, I liked all the Christmas elements. Of oh, it. really? Yeah. Even though um, Christmas rap song at the beginning, yeah, now you <laughs> yeah, know it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that they it it almost brought the the Christmas theme was almost uh, not not comic relief, but it brought a, a, almost a little bit of levity. And then they had like uh, was it Ode to Joy? Yeah, uh, uh, that's you know, what that song up. was. I'm like, yes. I thought yeah. I thought it was the Hallelujah it, chorus or Hallelujah. Uh, for a while, like in my memories, I incepted that. But no, yeah, yeah. it was Ode to Joy. That's right. Did okay. you notice? This is yeah. the first time I noticed they played that that song, the Ode to Joy theme, very slow during some of yes. the, yes. the, oh, the villain parts. Oh, I didn't know that. Notice yeah. that. So that it, they that was their theme. So oh, then when they yeah. cracked the, oh, the right. thing open, well, yeah. then, and I, yeah. I thought it was great use of that. I don't. I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but Michael Kamen did a great job actually incorporating sleigh bells in some of the. I yeah, did notice those. Yes. Before. Yeah. Like wait. wait almost, at what point? It sounded like Psycho, where it's like clink, 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 clink. Like, oh, like weird. Those were sleigh bells timed with the <laughs> yeah. the notes. That's awesome. Yeah. Some of the of the of the, uh, the yeah. courses there, it was kind of cool. It was, yeah. uh, you know, I know it's up for debate, but it was it was absolutely watching it th- again. I, I I hadn't watched it in several years, mm-hmm. and watch, watching it again with the whole is it a Christmas movie? Is it not controversy? It's a hundred percent a Christmas movie. <laughs> if you put any other type of genre in in set it at a Christmas party, like there's no way you would have like a romance movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and at a Christmas party and not call it a Christmas movie, you know? There's oh, oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. Any, any other genre set at a Christmas party with that many references to Christmas, 100% Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, even the movie like uh, Leap Year, I think, is considered a St. Patrick's Day movie. But it's just because it happens in Ireland and it's, there's a romantic element of it. Uh, I don't know if that really counts as... Am I wrong? Am I... I you guys are looking at like blank faces. You're, you're, you're one of the five people that saw Leap Year. <laughs> right. It's, it's you know, fun. I, it's a fun rom-com. But okay. no, you're, it's one of my wife's favorite movies, but I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember as you're speaking. Eight, like, is, it, is it Amy Adams? Yes. I, she is unlikable I, for a lot of it, so I can see why. Well, I think the guy... Yeah, they don't deserve each other. Okay, anyway, let's not talk not about Amy Leap Year. Yeah, <laughs> die hard. Yeah, okay. die hard in Ireland. Right. <laughs> so my leap year classic maker. Yeah. Was... Oh, no, yes. Let's go to our die hard classic Accents makers. Were on point. The things <laughs> we loved most about die hard. Let's start with Paul. Yippee Always after me, lucky charms. Oh All right. my gosh. <laughs> uh, the classic maker for me is the plot of this film. You Ooh, just stick okay. a guy in a building. And actually, if you, I've been studying story and story structure lately. And it really, if you don't know why a movie doesn't work well and just study the story and the script. And basically what they did is they took a old horror genre classic and they call it like 10 little Indians, basically kind of like alien where the alien, the bad guy takes a group out one by one and it's a horror it's in the horror genre uh-huh. but they flipped it and they made the oh. the villain the hero and he took out the villains one by one. Oh, that's so, interesting i i love the the reversal in that the whole plot of and the premise it i think they did a great job of constructing yeah. it isn't and that executing it that seems like a fairly standard thing though to have one hero especially like in like spaghetti westerns or whatnot mm-hmm. that takes out everyone so i don't know if that's necessarily a no, flip no, it's, of, of genre, well. There's only there's very the trapped, there's the trapped element though. Like if you oh, watch, oh, that's a good right. point. Yeah, right. The bad guys are trapped there, so it's kind of like um, I've heard it described as monster in the house. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, but that's a great point that it it's it is reversed. It's a hero because in a spaghetti western, the bad guys can go anywhere. Know, yeah, they can just leave at any time. They yeah, just to stick to their feud or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that that's a and they're the one kind of attacking, you know, the hero. You guys sold me. You guys sold me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 you had me at alien, Hello. so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's go to uh, Chris's classic maker. Um, I mean, kind of similar to to Paul. Uh, I mean, this is just the ultimate flawed tough guy. Uh, oh yeah, uh, story. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. man against the odds. Um. And and just little touches, like little setups, like okay, you have him barefoot. You like you get him freaking barefoot. He's yeah. doing the whole thing, walking oh. around barefoot, and like that little touches like that. And then when he has to run across the glass, like just stuff like that, where he's just like getting pulverized uh, yeah. and beat up and dealing with all this rough stuff the whole time. And he comes out. By the end of the movie, his shirt's off. He's covered in blood. <laughs> Somehow the girl still kisses him because <laughs> sweat, into that kind sweaty, of thing, bloody, yeah. gross guys. Don't, you know, it's fine. He'll still kiss him. Um, did, did you feel like some of the tension was out of the room, though, because he's unbreakable? 
I thought no. that at one point. I'm I kidding, thought... guys. I'm referencing another oh, movie. You oh, gosh. Jeez. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he had to stand on broken glass. Oh. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Honestly, when it comes to this, I'm a little bit split. Uh, 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 no? Okay. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? I kind of saw that coming because I have a sixth sense about these things. Oh, oh. <laughs> and 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 Rachel's dad from Friends. <laughs> yeah, you're not good at this, Mr. Green. <laughs> In the hall with the revolver. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> enough frivolity. Let's get back on task. Uh, Nate, what was your uh, classic maker? Uh, it wasn't Rachel's dad. Never mind. It was that. <laughs> Young, yeah, I don't know who you're talking about right now. Glad we clarified it. That was good. (laughs) The audience was really concerned. (laughs) (laughs) He made an appearance on Friends. All right. Oh, Bruce Willis did. Bruce Bruce Willis did. Oh, Bruce. Okay. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Speaking. Okay. Speaking of Bruce Willis, that is my classic maker. I was. I was trying to decide between. You know, I figured somebody would bring up Alan Rickman, and that mm-hmm. that's almost kind of like an obvious, like he did such a good job as a villain. But Bruce mm-hmm. Willis, I think Bruce Willis was the make or break for this movie as far as you had to have just the right attitude and just the right charisma to make this character work. Yeah. In just the right amount of hair. In just the right amount of hair. <laughs> yes, exactly. At the time he had. Um, but he was just such a fun fun person to watch yeah, yeah. and he um he, he i almost love it because the uh, like like from start to finish he's got this borderline level of annoyance and it's it's mm-hmm. it's fun mm-hmm. to watch him annoyed because it's almost just That's like these pesky flies that he just kind of <laughs> like man do i really have to be dealing with this right now and it's just i think the way he played it up it he didn't play so much the victim i mean even though there are scenes where he was just he was really getting the the crud beat out of him yeah but, uh, but it just just the way he kind of handled everything. And he really he just seemed like a real guy. That's what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he seemed like just a real guy that was just plunked down into a nightmare and he was annoyed about it. And he, he there were times when he got very angry about it. And he used that to 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 help him kick butt even more. And right. um, I just think he uh, he I, I can't imagine like, you know, movies where you just speculate, oh, this guy would have made a good. Uh, good, you know, maybe would have made a good lead and set or something. I can't think of a single person yeah. at this time in the eighties that would have that would have pulled it off the way he did. Totally, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Other than him, yeah. Okay. Or the guy who played Rachel's mom in Friends. That's what I was. Wow. Yeah, I I totally agree. And and one of the things I love about this movie, where like there's a lot of action mo- movies that are kind of similar, mm-hmm. but the main guy is like a you know like Taken. You know, he's got all this like special ops background and all yes, that stuff. Yes. And that's one of the things that r- I really love about uh, Bruce Willis's character here is he is just a regular mm-hmm. Joe. Like he's a cop, so mm-hmm. he's got like s- some experience, but it's mostly street smarts. Exactly. And that's yeah. what he's doing the whole time, and mm-hmm. that's what gives it that more vulnerability than just someone who like knows exactly what he's doing every moment and knows exactly, you know, how he's going to handle everything. And I think that leads that, that lends itself completely to what ended up being my classic maker. And that's how many tense 
moments there are in this movie. I think if you didn't have a character that was felt like he could die, like he was, it wasn't just invulnerable. Uh, like you're, I feel like if you had like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone or Dolph Lundgren or one of the more classic A's action guys in this role, it wouldn't have worked because you would feel a lot less like they're in peril throughout the movie. But mm-hmm. this, because you always feel like he's in peril, it all the tense moments like the elevator shaft when he misses it and uh, like you said before when he's running through glass uh there's also his fight with the blonde uh the long blonde i forget his name but he carl carl was it carl yeah yeah yes that's it his fight with carl not winslow blonde carl (laughs) um uh i just thought i was really on edge like through all those moments and really like worried for him. And I've seen this movie several times. It's been, it's been a while, but I I feel like that a movie is still able to bring you to the edge of your seat, uh, just through tense action moments, I think is, is, was really great. So I really loved it for that. I agree. I think the intensity was at, even though you were mentioned like running from them and trying to hide in the, Mm -hmm. in the, yeah going down the elevator shafts or whatever i turned to my wife and i said i this is so intense i don't know how they're doing this he's just running (laughs) and and i'm (laughs) on the edge of my seat (laughs) Uh, or when he's high in the in the shaft and carl's just about to get him but he gets pulled away i mean i felt like that was a little dsx machina but still it 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 fit it did i wasn't like oh my gosh jeez gosh ruined yeah tragic maker (laughs) You know, one of the things that separates it from those like special ops guys who who know what they're doing is just like uh, other other action heroes know exactly what they're doing, and that's what makes them so great. And and in this one, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's just willing to do it, and that's oh, what yeah. makes it so great. Is he's just he d- doesn't have it all figured out, and that's what makes it so charming. Yes, uh, that's a great way. But of he's just willing to do it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what. Uh, uh, just makes it that much cooler. Did you say he's Bruce willing to do it? Oh no, but I mean, oh. yeah, totally. Gosh. <laughs> that was the joke that I made because I'm clever. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I laughed while you were talking. I thought I heard you say because he, he's Bruce willing to do it. Nice. Okay, guys. Well, that those uh, those were some really good classic makers. Oh, every time. One more thing I lo- I like that I wanted to mention. Strangers and Aliens. This is a conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction and explores this same fiction through the lens of God's relationship with men. Uh, Join Ben Avery, Dr. Jace O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story, in their conversation about the intersection of faith and imagination. Find them at strangersandaliens.com. Well, that's great francisco but what does that have to do with the movie die hard well i mean the the germans that hans brings in they're probably illegal aliens and uh, well this show is called strangers and aliens probably a different kind of that's probably extraterrestrial aliens but still the the, they're both aliens of a type so it's similar well we all agree they were all strangers yeah oh yeah yeah well no we're not really i mean we've i mean you and me have met in person chris i don't don't know if we're really strange they're all strange Oh yes, they yeah. So it's like it's yeah. almost like their podcast is about Die Hard, really. And you guys are getting stranger. So and Alan to... Rickman plays an alien in Galaxy Quest. There you go. He lays right. an alien. 
Yeah, oh, play, he's play. an alien. <laughs> I think he meant he played like it. He was like, <laughs> like he is laying an egg or something. Okay, yes. Sorry. Fine. You, you guys want something more related to Die Hard? Fine. Here <laughs> right. is some trivia about said movie. Did you guys realize that the scene in which Hans Gruber and John McClane meet was not only unrehearsed to give it a greater feel of spontaneity, but it also ins- was inserted into the script only after Alan Rickman. Uh, was found to be proficient in mimicking American accents. The filmmakers had been looking for a way to have the two characters meet prior to the climax and capitalized on Rickman's talent. So my question then for all of you is, what is the best accent you can do other than your native one, obviously? So let's start with Paul. Oh my, (laughs) what the heck? You did not prep me on this. (laughs) I have no idea. Uh... Oi! Whatever accent what that is. <laughs> that's a word. Yeah, yeah, that's a word, not an accent. But I said it not in my oi normal accent. Anyway, yeah, I don't. That's a very distinct oi. Um, uh, pig Latin is that an act? No, wait, that's a language. Hmm. Let's go with Nate while Paul's thinking about this. <laughs> that's yeah. Talk about being put on the spot. Wow. Um, well, I like doing accents, but I don't know which one I do best. Um. It's great. <laughs> Everyone can do the Scottish one. No, um, let's see. Uh, I I enjoy doing the German accent. Uh, oh yes, that's very good. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. Speaking of crazy terrorist Germans, I am one. Uh, <laughs> I terrorized the Nakatomi building, and uh, we had lots of fun doing it. So I think it's in. Yeah, he hopped and he popped and he signed the eviction notice. Oh yeah. How about you, Chris? Well, back when I worked at Jamba Juice, <laughs> I would go an entire day speaking in an Irish accent just to see if the customers would notice. <laughs> and one of the co-workers actually noticed and said, oh, are you from Ireland? And I said, yes. <laughs> Bye, Blarney. I am. <laughs> now you're seeing me lucky charms. Uh, Paul, did you figure out one other than oi? <clears throat> no, just that I've been told there's a... I've never seen... Um, the uh, what is it with the characters of the like the giant French fry and the um, the Ronald McDonald McDonald's. gang? No, yeah. the the Hunger Hunger Games. No. <laughs> anyway, there's a character that sounds like one of the pigs from Shrek that talks like you know that talks oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. And they said I sound just like this character on this other show. Oh, and so, oh, I know the one you're talking about, and I can't remember, but it has like a meatball and stuff. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Oh, oh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I've never seen it. Oh, there's a guy who talks like this in there. Oh, okay. I don't know. know. There you go. And just for you playing at home, I do a pretty good Scottish accent, so. Oh, how's your, how's your, your, um, Christopher Walken as Scottish? (laughs) Don't do that to me, (laughs) Paul. I can't do Christopher Walken to save my life. I can't either. You can try. You can um, hear the the bagpipes, the bagpipes, the playing in the background. Yeah, I think you see this movie die hard. It's Scottish. <laughs> you can't do that. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, maybe Christopher Walken doing a Scottish accent could do Christopher Walken doing a Scottish accent. But yeah. oh, would you like some haggis? I got some fresh off the pastries. That is a great Jewish voice. I agree. <laughs> was that was that not what you were going for? Oh. 
Anyway, let's continue <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, Pinky Power. Have you seen that? Uh, now that you have found out some trivial info about us, let's find out what memories you, our awesome listeners, had about Die Hard. Uh, Jackie sculpted from clay. Hi, Jackie. She says, one of the best Christmas movies ever. Renegade of Rock says, a Christmas miracle took place and the safe opened. I always wondered what happened that made that made Sergeant Al Powell move to Chicago and change his name to Carl Winslow. Uh did uh, Simon from Die Hard 3 cause him to go into witness protection? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Chris Owens 80 says, I remember learning what Carl Winslow did for a day job since I saw this after watching Family Matter episodes. Lesty for short says, Snape tried to interfere with the muggle world. No, but for real, headbutts. <laughs> Bruce Willis running around without shoes and 80s hair abounds. Carl, the family matters guy, playing such an amazing role. I truly did appreciate that they didn't make all the cops look like morons. Just people trying to help. Patrick Edwards says, I remember two. One, make fists with your toes. Have you ever, guys ever tried that? I have it. It doesn't do a thing. No, I never have, no. <laughs> anyway, number two, together and have, oh, get together and have a few laughs. Number three, shoot the glass. Number four, always use your pregnant wife excuse to buy more than normal amounts of Twinkies. <laughs> Number five, the feds always play by the book. Number six, Roy Rogers is better than John Wayne. Number seven, all good bad guys are German. <laughs> yeah. And number eight, terrorists have small feet. Number nine, man, the, the bad guy in the lobby looks like Huey Lewis. Oh, yeah, and, he does. Uh, yes. Number 10, Sergeant Powell moved to Chicago under the Witness Protection Program under the alias Carl Winslow. Number 11, Hans, booby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> Dirty Steve Forey says, I remember that Burt Reynolds turned down the role of John McClane. Whoa, that would be way different. Ooh, <laughs> I remember oh. every line after I watched it 15 times in the summer of 2000 in VHS. This wow, is he the, was cussing a lot. <laughs> this is the classic <laughs> bad guy takes over a building movie. Almost every boy can relate to this while playing G.I. Joes. And who can forget su the supporting roles like Travis from Walker, Texas Ranger? What? I don't know that Tra one. The guy <laughs> from named Travis from Walker, Texas Ranger was in this movie. Oh, okay. Dirty Steve. I've never seen Walker, Texas Ranger. So I know Chuck Norris is in it. That's it. Or the blonde hair guy from Money Pit. And let's not forget the bad guy from every movie in the late 80s to 90s, Ian a Candy Bar. Who was that? That was Genghis Khan. Oh, right. Yes. The Asian, I don't mean the Asian to actor. for the list. No, no, but yeah. Genghis Khan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, classic welcome to the party pal yeah LJ Lowry says that is the best Christmas movie <laughs> Brian Minto says now I have a machine gun ho 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 Alex Ortiz bro why does no one, nobody talk about John taping the gun to his back and putting his hands behind his head one of the smartest decisions ever made by a movie character right uh, and we had some additional uh comments about Die Hard come in. So this is Francisco from the future with some extra ones. Dustin Warford says Hans Gruber shooting the business owner after he wouldn't give him the combo and the other guy for not convincing John McClane to turn himself in. An awesome villain. No empty threats. Doesn't immediately resort to going after friends and family until later. He gets right to the point. Uh, Wardale White says 
that Moon Lion guy versus the future Sheriff of Nineham, Macaulay Culkin's aunt zapping the EPA dude from Ghostbusters, and the dad from Family Matters, all together in, it, in what turned out to be a cool action movie. And Kevin Joshua Burnham says Bruce Willis being welcome being welcomed by a kiss from another man, California. <laughs> LOL. And now back to the crew from the past. And then uh, Daryl Hafner says, haven't actually seen the movie, but I always think of the debate. Is it or is it not a Christmas movie? Why don't you see it for yourself and decide for yourself? <clears throat> well, Daryl, we, we aren't going to debate that. But after hearing what contentions we have with Die Hard, you can decide for yourself. So let's see what we didn't like about Die Hard. So it's time for our... Was three. And let's start with Nate. What's one thing you didn't like about Die Hard? Okay, well, my dis- I had to dig really deep to find something I didn't Ew, like about this. Don't movie. dig that deep. So, no, but like, okay, so can, you shared some trivia earlier. Can I share a quick piece of trivia? Of course, like, yeah. I'm all about uh, movie scores as far as, you know, so these are for all you movie score nerds out there. Okay. It, the scene where Al shoots Carl at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Where he, you know, and mm-hmm. and you'll notice the the score is very triumphant. It 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 like it's it's oh. it's totally different than any part of the other soundtrack or you know movie yes. score on the, oh, totally. on the movie. Yeah, yeah. The reason the reason is is because Michael Kamen didn't actually conduct that. James Horner made that really? for for Aliens two years before. But that piece never made it into the movie, never made it into Aliens. Oh, my and so gosh. He had this amazing part of the soundtrack that was just sitting out there. And Michael came and heard it and was like, you know, at first they were just going to use it just to, to kind of throw in the background until they could actually can compose mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a piece of it was music. a tech track but but the the test audience loved it so like liked it so much and the and the producers liked it so much they just kept it in there so wow anyway, that's, that's crazy that's for all you yeah. film score nerds out there. i i hated that part um, of the film too really no no <laughs> that's really interesting to me but no 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 um you know, it it relates to my dislike where oh, yeah. um when I first saw it when I was a lot younger, I thought it was awesome. Like I thought it was so cool. It's like, oh my gosh, he like he he found the courage to to raise his gun and shoot this guy and, yeah. and all this other stuff. And then the more I got to think about it as an adult, I'm like, wow, how many cops were just surrounding that building? Like how many federal agents right and not to mention, <laughs> when we last saw Carl, he was swinging from a chain by the neck, right. not breathing. And yet he was able to make his way all the way down the building, go out the lobby without being seen, completely bruised and battered. Oh, well, hide under that, a that's the same head. guy that was swinging, like yes. being hung? Yeah. Wow. You didn't know that? No. Bruce all the terrorists like, look the same to me. Sorry. No. And so and wow. he was able wow. to get like one of those. I thought it was one of the brothers anyway. He was able to hide in like one of those shock blankets that they give people and then just all of a sudden pop out with an automatic weapon. (laughs) Nobody saw him have that and then take aim. So that was kind of the that was the adult in me saying, wow, this is so incredibly unbelievable. I loved it when I saw it when I was like in in high school. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. But you um, know what? That actually ties into my number three of the things that I didn't like. Oh, yeah. 
and I don't remember, but what happened to Genghis Khan and the uh, the other guy he, they, down in the lobby? Did they die? They died. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone well, died. Well, there goes my for... dislike. Okay. They, uh, they should have saved one of them for that scene, then, is what I was yeah. going to say. Well, they they should have saved Huey Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> it's either, who do you like? Here's the power of love. Yes. <laughs> that would have been amazing. The power of blood. <laughs> I guess they'll have to go back in time to make that edit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I liked that it was that is totally. I knew it was coming, and I enjoy that part that it's like, oh, this bad guy that you thought was dead came back. And I feel like that trope got totally overused after this film. Yeah, like Beauty and the Beast where he comes back after the petal rose falls. Not really at all, no. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I, I enjoyed... It in this movie, I thought it was cool. I I was able to tell it was the same character. Yeah, I think it is, it is a bit of a stretch, a, a stretch that um, he's hanging there and somehow is able to get free. But okay, would I, you I, say I, your your belief was as suspended as his <laughs> neck was? Just about, yes. Well, just I almost about. I almost feel like they got to the end of the movie and they're like, oh crud, we totally yeah. didn't have a way for Al to redeem himself. <laughs> we like, ran out oh, of man. bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we literally yeah, like you saw yeah. everybody just get shot up or you know Hans falling from the top of the the tower. It's they're like, "You know what? Get Carl in there." He yeah. Was, mm-hmm. But he was dead. No, he wasn't totally dead. He uh he was He's totally only mostly free. dead. Jean's Parvin was alive. Let's let's film a scene real quick. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, at that point yeah. it's about as believable. They might as well have just had Hans like get back up and be like, no, 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 no. All right, hold on. Let me, let me grab my stuff out. Up, dust himself off after falling. Yeah. yeah. Or Ellis. They should have gotten Ellis. Oh, you yes. didn't see. You didn't see Ellis die. Yeah, that's a good I don't point. Think. But yeah, you just heard the gunshot everywhere. Oh, yeah. that's popped up and be like, "You've got my girl." Yeah. <laughs> or zombie, Mister Takanaki. Oh, okay. Or whoever. Okay. Now we're getting a little far afield. Well, we kind of saw his brains go against the window, but uh, yeah. yeah. Chris, what's something you okay. didn't like about Die Hard? It, it, kind of along the same lines with suspended disbelief, the mm-hmm. uh, the deputy police chief was oh my god way oh. overboard with the horn get the bull no way most of the bull you get like, the horns fall yeah it's that guy like he was he wasn't like it's one thing to have a character that's incompetent mm-hmm. but he was like um like the only way you could be that terrible is if you're like actually inside like you're an inside man and you're actually oh, in on it point. because he was so like everything al was saying made total sense yeah, yeah and he's yeah. like a body freaking fell onto my car and he's like eh, probably <laughs> probably some stockbroker got yeah. depressed <laughs> it's like, like come I, on, really you're not I, gonna I, investigate you, you haven't id'd the body <laughs> like where are what what is going on here that you are that stupid and that was that character was a little too like everything he said it just was too far off it it just didn't make any sense you know about 10 years ago i would have agreed with you but i have worked for some uh people i've i've had like i said i've had num- numerous jobs yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. my uh supervisors were exactly like this oh my guy. gosh oh, just, gosh. and it is that annoying you I trust me. It is yes, but were your supervisors chiefs of police? Right. <laughs> That's what well, I'm saying. It's not. Unfortunately, it's not that far off from what I've seen. So I'm so. curious. Was he 
deputy chief of police or deputy, deputy. to the chief of police? I think oh, she was trying to escape watch over detention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough with the Breakfast Club references part. All right, fine. He escaped from the Endor moon with the from the Ewok. Was that him too, the dad? In the sequel oh of what's the Ewok movie? Um, Battle for Endor. Battle for Endor. Endor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that has pretty much nothing to do with something <laughs> I didn't like about this film, which was, and this is really nitpicky, but I, I could not fathom how John McClane's wife beater or tank top, whatever you want to call it, went from white to black brown right over the course. Of, it's right after he's in the air vent. And it's like, it's not just know. like the front is black brown and the back still kind of dingy white. No, it's like, it's like a different tank top. It's might as well have you changed somewhere along the way. And it's just like That's what happens when you crawl through vents. No, I don't believe that. I just I don't believe that. I don't okay. Well, what they didn't show you was while he was in the vents, he had to take a dump. <laughs> and the only thing he had to wipe himself with <laughs> <laughs> Bet you feel bad now, friends. Was it was the T-shirt? So, yeah, let's so thank you for bringing up that painful phone. memory for Bruce Willis. No wonder he took it off eventually. It was just like, oh, tired swelling, poop. It, it was he, diarrhea. He woke. <laughs> so it's he, he went full method actor. I mean, he yeah. was oh, he guys. was in it. He was in it for the long yeah. run. John McTiernan <laughs> was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know my methods. Yep. Wow. This. Podcast just got crappy. Um, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm all about the puns tonight. So that's something that I just didn't get. It bothered me. Were there? Yeah. I'm curious. Were any of your dislikes something like weird technical issues or anything like that? Sort of. Okay, go for it, Paul. What's another uh, one of yours? All my dislikes are things that take me out of the movie. Yeah. So okay. Be... So okay, go ahead. So when you're the head of an organization or a terrorist group or a group of thieves and you tell them hey i've got this big plan and this is how we're going to do it we're going to go through here but there's this seventh wall and i'm not going to tell you how we're going to get through it but you got to trust me when the time comes we'll be able to get through it well that's how the rebel alliance is supposed to get away say, then, you'd have, then you'd have the last jedi <laughs> there's no, nobody that I know that is going to invest their lives are going to be like, oh, you're not going to tell us the whole plan? Then I'm not going to be that invested. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know it's to make Hans Gruber look smart. Oh, look, at the moment, I think it's great. It's a great surprise to the audience, but that the, the bad guys don't know what it was like. Oh, no, trust me. You know, you'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a little far fetched. Yeah, to like in, to put your life on the line, even yeah, though that's a, a way good... of it's a way of maintaining control. Like he's he needs to make sure he's maintaining control as the head honcho. Maybe that's why I can't be a bad guy because I just wouldn't <laughs> trust somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Paul. Of, I was gonna consider a you know a life of uh, high high end you know criminal activity, but. But I just don't have the control issues <laughs> that I would need. Yeah, that's the only thing. Man, other right than here. that, sorry, that's totally. holding you back. That's so so yeah. so rough. Uh, Nate, what's It'll something be right there on Nakamura Plaza? 100%. It's. I think you guys are all saying it wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Nakatomi or dang it, now I don't have it. Regardless, it, Nate, what's? I will look it up. Nate, what is your? Uh, 
What's one thing you don't Kawasa- like? Kawasaki. Got- Godzilla. Uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> It was Unagi. Uh, <laughs> the Mount okay. Fuji Tower. Okay. Honestly, the only thing I have left is my tragic maker. Oh, well, okay, then we'll skip yeah. you. Uh, I'll go with something else I didn't like. And so I, we didn't, what's interesting is during the like section, no one brought up the special effects. And overall, I was really impressed with the special effects, the explosions. Oh, the, yeah, um, yeah. the uh, practical effects are amazing. Yeah, like, totally. Just, yeah. The one point, the one point, practically amazing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the and it's Nakatomi. That's what it is. Nakatomi Tower slash Plaza, which is that was Nakatomi. actually the, <laughs> which is actually the Fox, <laughs> the Fox uh, Tower at the time. So they like rented to themselves. The space is kind of no. interesting. Anyway, hey, what does the fox say? That's beside the point. <laughs> to me, baby. <laughs> so when one of the special effects was glaringly bad, that's why it stood out because so many of them were so good. And for me, it was the one scene where um, I think Agent Johnson, who, you know, Frate- Brother Fratelli, uh, oh, takes, yeah. a sh- takes a shot at the at Bruce Willis's character, he jumps down and the helicopter sort of pans across the building, sort of like flies over, and it's very clearly either a projection screen or a blue screen effect. And it just it I don't know what about it. It's just I think the proportions are wrong or the lines wrong. It's just very clearly not there. And so that really was glaringly bad for me. It took me out of the movie when he wasn't singing in Italian either, so I'm right there with oh you. My gosh. <laughs> I didn't notice gosh. that. The singing in Italian is a Goonies reference. Or you're talking about the helicopter. The helicopter wasn't singing Italian. Neither one of those stood out to me while I was watching <laughs> Die Hard. Good, good. I'm glad. Uh, what's what's one other thing that did stand out for you, uh, Chris, that you didn't like? I thought the German accents were not that great. Yeah, is uh, Hans, Hans even supposed Hans, to be German? Is he? Hans is supposed to be a German terrorist yeah. who defected or got kicked out of. He disassociated with his German terrorist crew, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his accent was not very good. He sounded no. like he had a British accent. Yeah, exactly. Probably because he's you know that's what they speak in at Hogwarts. <laughs> um, but he, he did not. Um, he did not have a, like every now and then he like would put a little accent on a word that you know almost made it sound you know about as. German as uh, as French Francisco's Jewish accent sounded Scottish. That, oh my but, God. Uh, <laughs> gosh, Chris. So is there a movie like any of uh, the Indiana Jones movies, or is there one that do a good German accent? Uh, yeah, in in Shrek, you'll notice that the pigs have very authentic <laughs> German accents. Yeah. It's about as spot on as you can get. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah. There's, 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 uh, you know, like there's other German. <laughs> there are people with authentic German accents in other movies. Yes, to answer your what? question. What? Yes. No yes. way. And well, no. And I'd say uh, the uh, the brothers had you know yeah. much better accents. Carl and his than, brother, yeah, than Alan did. Save mm-hmm. the uh, German, yeah. Yeah, it was it was the you know it was basically um, like Sean Connery you know ha- having a Russian accent it just wasn't there. Uh, Is that the best you can do? Oh my gosh! Okay, guys, or, 
Kevin Costner's British accent <laughs> in Robin Hood, or lack thereof. Okay, let's continue on to our tragic makers, the things we disliked most about Die Hard, things that just went and die for us. Uh, let's start with Nate. My tragic maker ties into the one of the dislikes that Chris has, mm. and that is uh, just the pure police incompetence <laughs> being led being led by the the whatever deputy chief of police. Mm. And I yeah. love I love Paul Gleason. Like I just I, I think I no, love I every, hold it against I him personally. That he, <laughs> I, love, I love that he he's culpable. He he is. He has to answer for his crimes. <laughs> uh, no, but I just think everything, like uh, everything from the chief of police, just not believing, like you said, a thing Carl Winslow said, yeah, and 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 just the approach that the whole like um, uh, the SWAT team and everything took, and they just have this tank, and they just they drive it up this incline that, yeah. that the vehicle can't possibly. I don't even know what they were trying to do with that. They're like, let's just wedge this vehicle on this staircase. I thought they were trying completely... to drive into the building. No, no, like, but they wouldn't the have taken that. They wouldn't have taken that approach. Like that was they tried to do a side entrance on a on a forty five degree incline when they could literally have taken it through the front doors. I mean, it's just it's just the whole thing didn't make any sense at all as far as their approach goes. It just yeah. made it just made all the it made the feds. It made then the let's shoot at it some more to show them we're bad. <laughs> It just made him look. It just made him look so bad, and and it got to the point where again the whole realism thing. Now that I'm older, kind of kicks in, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh man, there, there's like, I would imagine real cops and real SWAT members and everything that watch this are just cringing like right. with all these scenes, like <laughs> especially with the technology they have now. It's like they they, they would never have made those approaches. Well, actually, yeah. that was tactics back used in 1988 <laughs> Hans Gruber knew the playbook of the police force as right. well. <laughs> yeah. do, do you think they needed to do that to go to that extent to show how uh, cunning or capable the the terrorists were though? No. Or the thieves no, were? Already had They'd the, already established that. They already yeah. had the trademark. Uh, you know, they blew uh, what's his face away uh, in in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, salmon skin roll. That, that was the. <laughs> in, in, no, you know, you know what, you know this this movie though. You have to acknowledge it. It started so many trends about yes. about about uh, having the bad guys demonstrate at the beginning how horrible they are with mm-hmm. Han shooting yeah. Yeah. Mr. Nakatomi in the in the face or mm-hmm. whatever you know, uh, and then and then so many movies of that afterwards. But but I think I think in the same vein. I think that this movie also set a precedent for a lot of movies for years to come mm-hmm. that the that that the heroes are way more knowledgeable than the authorities basically than the people that are trained and yeah and, yeah and that it have it happened on movies for decades mm-hmm. like it it's and until you know recently where now it would you would have a drama focused on the cops themselves and they would be highly skilled and trained but so are the the terrorists or whatever that, mm-hmm. that are fighting against them so mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Just the, the police incompetence was kind of like, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I I totally got you. At uh, one point, is that uh, he was Mister Takagi, not Nakatomi. Takagi, yes, yes, yes. yes and also, uh, Aaron brought up in chat that um, Hans was part of an East German uh, terrorist organization because East Germany was an evil state back uh, then, as opposed to West Germany, which was capitalistic and you know great because capitalism is awesome. <laughs> this isn't That's political. 
Uh, okay. What was, what was that, Paul? That's why they had those German accents. They were East German accents. That's why I didn't recognize. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. that's why. That's, that's true. In East Germany, they all speak like British people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> They're the Brits that got Little known fact. And then as soon wall. as the wall went down, they went right. back to speaking German. Right. So, uh, wow, it's amazing how that happened. <laughs> I say this schnitzel is delicious. <laughs> As soon as the wall went down, <laughs> Yavol is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I think that leaves, uh, well, several of us still. Uh, Paul, what was your tragic maker for Die Hard? Um, again, <laughs> things that take me out of the movie. At one point, okay, John McClane, he's running barefoot. I get it. Let's kick the guy while he's down. Let's have him <laughs> run through glass, which mm-hmm. is is it cringes me to watch him that scene where he's taken out of the glass that's fine oh yeah yeah that was done well but at one point he's like getting shot and like he i turned to my wife and i was like he's just running on pure adrenaline <laughs> by this. yeah totally yeah. then he has his foot bandaged and he uses it to kick the try to kick the glass open oh, and like yeah. there is no way anybody even if you're on adrenaline is not going to use the damaged foot that's been you know sharded up by oh glass. i didn't think about that yeah the glass window in there's not even you could try it because you're not thinking but there would be a major ow yeah that's not a smart move yeah but it, it's like are you there's and at what then from that point on he became like you were referring to francisco earlier unstoppable and it's like oh yeah shoot me it doesn't matter <laughs> you know i can i could find duct tape out of nowhere magically taped it to was, my back. It was I, Christmas tape because they were doing Christmas presents. It makes sense. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I have the time to do that in a way. Like, I can barely reach <laughs> back to my back, let alone strategically tape a gun so that I can grab yeah, that's it. That's a good time. point, Paul. Uh, you and Bruce Willis are pretty much equal in <laughs> your physical abilities. Totally. Well, <laughs> Okay, I have two arms and a back that move the same way, pretty much. So I think it's well, reasonable to anyway. Let's, but him kicking the glass was the part like, like yeah. Okay, okay, I can see that. Let me just let me just add real quick. If that was real duct tape, <laughs> if that was real duct tape, oh. he would have had the hardest time getting that <laughs> well, gun. He would have been like, back. Yeah. Yeah. "Give me a second. This stuff is working me- too well." So yeah. I, I don't think it was duct tape. I feel like it was just basically packing tape. gave his back a waxing. It was yeah. packing yeah. tape. Well, we all know packing tape adheres to bloody moist surfaces. Right. That's uh, a <laughs> yeah. sweat. It'll sweat. stick to anything. <laughs> well, if we're going to talk about things that just take you out of the movie, if that's what our tragic makers are composed of, I'll go with mine. And it's just like, and I guess this speaks to him not being super competent, like a trained SWAT member or something like that. John McClane, I'm talking about. Um, but I feel like he's just way too cavalier with being on the, the CB radio that all the terrorists can hear when he's talking to Al, Carl Winslow. I, I feel yeah. like it's just, I mean, he, he doesn't well, even he, try to talk in code, really. He, I mean, kind of does the game. I can't tell you that right now, like my name and stuff. Yeah, but toward the end, he's. it seems like he just doesn't care anymore. And I well, feel yeah, like that's... At, at towards the end, he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It just... It, I if if I'm that close to death, I'm gonna want to do even more to try conceal my whereabouts and all that. So. Shut up! Don't use this channel. <laughs> <laughs> 
there after me. I, We're going to die. Well, that's why the movie doesn't star you. <laughs> <laughs> but I could tape on my back, so maybe that they should just right. star me. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's part of the audition process. Can yeah. you tape this to your back and shove <laughs> blast your foot and then kick a window? <laughs> well, let's end with Chris's Tragic Maker. All right. Um, so kind of, I guess this one kind of brought me out of the movie. I don't know if it brought me out of the movie, but it was just kind of annoying and, and didn't seem very real. And that was uh, when John was talking to himself throughout the movie. What? And just stuff he was saying like to himself. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I wish I had written down some of the lines. Like when he's yelling at the just, police cars. Yeah, go. where are you going? And like that or no? It was more like when he was like trying to think. And he was like, well, I, he was like telling himself think john think john like just i don't know just like some of the some of the stuff when he kept talking to himself i just wanted him to shut up because it was just that brought me out and seemed kind of phony and like like (laughs) i get that they they needed you to like and it was i think it was mainly before um uh al was in the picture yeah yeah um, because then he had al to kind of uh, illuminate his thoughts too Mm -hmm. but before he got to al he was talking yeah, he's just you. talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was just talking, and it was just—it was really phony, and I don't know. I didn't didn't like it. Okay, so I'm the complete opposite. I totally buy into it because I do the same thing. I'll just talk out loud to myself during watch like one of his streams. what what Paul? Just watch one of your streams. Oh, you well, can yeah. see. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, and I understand that, but it was like the things he was saying to himself, and I wish I'd written it down because yeah. it, it, I, I don't think I can say explain it without sure, a sure. quote. So I'll yeah. have to look that up. No worries. But it, it, it was just like the, the way maybe. he was saying it just was not not good. Okay. I don't know. That's fair. All right. But, and now you're tragic maker. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, given that. Well, that and his <laughs> wife's hair. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> Permalicious? <laughs> yeah come on what poor holly what what what's that word and what does it mean permalicious yeah oh it's permed yeah perm yeah giant perm and delicious it's, it's a portmanteau yummy permed hair okay <laughs> that's yeah. not what that means mr literal all right well i think now that we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer alice do you have a firing solution for us Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Okay, do we rate Die Hard a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and watch this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth rewatching if you enjoyed it as a kid or if you've enjoyed it in the past. Or a tragic, it's not worth your time today, even if you have fond memories of, of Die Hard, don't sully them with a rewatch. So let's start with Nate, what is your rating of Die Hard? Anyone want to take a guess? Tragic? Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. <laughs> man, I was surprised at how rotten this movie was. Yeah. Uh, no, man, I I watched this. I watched this movie. Um, I've seen it many times, and it's it's totally a classic. Uh, classic. For me. I uh, it uh, sometimes I notice things that I didn't even see the last time I watched it, and okay. it's uh, it's great. Awesome. And Chris. Yeah, definitely a Christmas classic. <laughs> Christmas classic. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, Paul? I'm going to have to agree with Cool Deluxe, who says it's a classic. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie and uh, you're a 
a fan of movies, then you need to check this out because a lot of them are based on this movie. Yeah. Well, I guess we're we're uh, double dipping, double downing. I'm not sure what you call it, but I have a classic as well. So according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Die Hard a unanimous classic movie. That makes two in a row now. We have wow. The Goonies as unanimous classic and Die Hard as unanimous classic. So we'll see if the that continues into trifecta territory. Uh, but uh, yeah, now that we've rated Die Hard, it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX. Concepts online. Receiving incoming transmission. Uh, now that we're back, it, it is time to do another patron pick episode. Yes, it won't be uh, this coming episode, but the episode after, I believe. If I soon, we're going to be doing a patron pick episode. What this is is patrons of our podcast at the or reflux capacitors that are donating at the ten dollar a month level are uh, randomly selected. We try to do three to four each year. Uh, they are randomly selected to p- personally pick a movie that they want me and Paul and whoever else guests with us to cover. So I'm going to roll the dice. Here, here the die roll in my hands. And it is... Oh, whoa, okay. So we got, well, a 12, but I mean, that means nothing to you. <laughs> what that equates to, though, is Deb Powers will be picking our next uh, patron pick episode. So uh, we've probably already contacted you, Deb, by the time you hear this. Uh, but we'll find out which movie you'd like us to cover. This is Francisco from the future again. It turns out I contacted Deb and she is not going to able to, she wants to record with us for her movie that she picked and we'll reveal that later. But uh, she said, go ahead and uh, can you do give my spot to uh, the, the, the next patron pick spot to someone else. So we're going to reroll for who it's going to be. And here we go. And it's going to be Jared Holzhauer. It gets to pick the next movie. So I'll be in contact with you, actually, Jared. Uh, and you probably have already been heard from me by the time you hear this. But uh, congratulations, Jared. And uh, and thank you for being one of our patrons, for supporting the podcast, being one of our reflux capacitors. And you know what? We'd like to thank all our reflux capacitors, including... Uh, uh, Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feel and Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, Andy Lewis, Peter Panda, James Kennison, and three other awesome patrons as well. Thank you so much. We wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1988 without you, our awesome reflux capacitors. And if you want to uh, help keep us flying for as little as a dollar a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to see how. And while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a big hug to our subscribers on Twitch, which is another way to send us a couple bucks a month. If you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. Find out how at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Twitch Prime. But hey, let's keep this gratitude train going now because we love hearing from you, uh, be it uh, your iTunes reviews, comments on our website, or through our contact form. Uh, and thank you so much to those of you who leave us feedback. 
RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 171 is the place to find timestamps for this episode, links to contact us, and links for voting on the movies you want us to review. But that's not the only place you can reach us. Paul, where else can people find the show and also yourself? You can talk to us on social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our Discord server by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. Well, as it was mentioned before, you can watch us live as we record this podcast and play retro video games and create pixel art by following us at twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod. But if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links. Stop by and say hi. Thank you, Paul, for being on the show, being an awesome uh, co-host, awesome friend. Love getting to review movies like Die Hard or other movies that aren't as good like Beverly Hills Ninja with you. So uh, so appreciate doing this show with you. With you. Let me say with you more. Oh, thank you. With you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also grateful to our guests for taking time to discuss Die Hard with us. So, uh, Nate, can you please tell us how people can find you and is there anything you want to promote? They can't find me. <laughs> oh, okay, Chris, I you. I love it that way. No, 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 no. Okay. No, you can uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Nate Voices, and uh, I do recordings on the side for Fiverr. So you can find me on Fiverr. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> and Chris, uh, how can people find you online? Is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, I actually haven't been up to that much other than, I mean, I post stuff on social media, so you can find me on Facebook. I'm Chris Cowan. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Mad Cowan there. I also have another Instagram where I share very useful, practical, uh, tips about how not to get AIDS. Well, that too. That's (laughs) one of them. But, uh, just general, you know, helpful, uh, you know, pro tips and stuff. And you can find that at, uh, how to do the things on uh, Instagram. Um, and then, I mean, I guess I just, I created a, a page on Facebook where you can hear some ukulele songs that I wrote. Um, awesome. And it, it's the page is called some songs I wrote. Awesome. Very cool. So th- yeah, thank you so much, Nate and Chris for being on the show. It was a lot of fun having you. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to come back again sometime and, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome having yeah, you back again. Well, Paul? for more. it's always a pleasure being on here with you guys awesome so glad to have you here you're both incredibly attractive sexy people and uh, i love staring at your faces yeah no no problem (laughs) he wasn't serious what oh my gosh my dreams are shattering around me yeah so thank you guys so much for being on the show but that's not all mostly i appreciate you yeah you right now listening you, you know, you're you're listening to us right now because you actually made it this far into the episode. Thank you so much, whether this is your first time listening to the show or you're a part of our Rad Rewinder community. Thanks for spending time with us, and we pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at FXRUIZX. And you can hire me to do pixel art illustrations for you via Fiverr at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. And finally, we are proud to be part of the Tamanuki Tower, where we listen to podcasts and <laughs> Nakatomi. No, oh, that too. We're also proud to be part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com and the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. 
You can catch us at either of those, but like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Hey, podcast subscribers. Are you looking for a podcast about both strangers and also aliens? Well, let me recommend a show for you. It's called Strangers and Aliens. I had cancer, and then I listened to the show, and then I, it healed me. And it can, it will heal you. Francisco guarantees it. Retro Rewind Podcast does not claim to heal anything. Come listen to the podcast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. laughs.